to this week's edition of Poet Kind Podcast. I'm your host, Susan Mulder, and this is episode 12. If you found yourself here intentionally or by accident, thank you. Poet Kind is a podcast where you'll find discussions about creativity, process, writing, and of course, poetry, old and new. Our goals are to provide a few moments of poetic respite in your busy week, give you something to talk about or think about, maybe learn something new, or find a new perspective, and hopefully, feel encouraged and inspired. Another goal we have is to provide a space for conversation to happen. Let's talk about words. Let's talk about poetry, about what makes you tick, how you write, what you write, and why. Join us at PoetKind and share your voice. You can find us on social media at PoetKind Podcast, on Instagram, and on Twitter. A little light housekeeping, I'd like to mention PoetKind uses poetry found in the public domain or original works with permissions granted by the author. We welcome submissions, and for a copy of our submission guidelines, please email us at poetkindpodcast at gmail.com. The last couple of weeks, we've talked a little about beauty, and one of our listeners asked if there was poetry out there that was considered unlovely or not considered what we would call quote-unquote beautiful. I thought this was a great question because, yes, throughout history, there have been disagreements about what is beautiful which people frequently equate with also quote-unquote good. Now think about this. There was a time when Shakespeare himself was considered just one among many, not a standout, nothing special. In fact, his plays were considered overly melodramatic, and it was centuries before he was considered the poetic giant we know him to be. As a visual artist, I'm familiar with the various movements and periods in art history and also what was considered, and here's that word again, good, at any given time. Now, as a writer and reluctant poet, I've committed myself to learning more about poetry and its individual presence. And just like any other art form, it has its overt influences and distinct movements through the course of time. Sometimes these movements or groups are identified by the participants as a way to establish their aesthetic. Often they were labeled by literary critics and focused on a signifying attribute of the group. Just to list a, list a few, they're cyclic poets, romantics, symbolists, modernists, and this one is more of an umbrella term for multiple movements. Imagists, objectivists, beat poets, language poets, and the list can continue. One thing they all have in common is that each movement is built on the ones that have gone before them. Often they are reactions to and disruptions or challenges to previously established paradigms. And as frequently happens, until they're understood, they're considered countercultural and in many cases considered unlovely. Poets like Charles Baudelaire, and I recognize his name as influential with predominant visual arts philosophies of his times, which is going to be the mid-1800s, and whose works were deemed, among other things, obscene. Other more familiar names like Ezra Pound, T.S. Eliot, E.E. E. Cummings, William Carlos Williams, to name a very, very short list, were in their time not necessarily mainstream, but are now stanchions of the poetic structure. So as I mentioned in last week's episode, critic Roger Fry's argument that new art would be seen as ugly until it was seen as beautiful rings true even before he penned the idea and continues to do so moving forward. This week, I'm going to read Charles Baudelaire's Invitation to the Voyage.
Welcome to this week's edition of Poet Kind Podcast. I'm your host, Susan Mulder, and this is episode 12. If you found yourself here intentionally or by accident, thank you. Poet Kind is a podcast where you'll find discussions about creativity, process, writing, and of course, poetry, old and new. Our goals are to provide a few moments of poetic respite in your busy week, give you something to talk about or think about, maybe learn something new, or find a new perspective, and hopefully feel encouraged and inspired. Another goal we have is to provide a space for conversation to happen. Let's talk about words. Let's talk about poetry, about what makes you tick, how you write, what you write, and why. Join us at PoetKind and share your voice. You can find us on social media at PoetKind Podcast, on Instagram, and on Twitter. A little light housekeeping, I'd like to mention PoetKind uses poetry found in the public domain or original works with permissions granted by the author. We welcome submissions, and for a copy of our submission guidelines, please email us at poetkindpodcast at gmail.com. The last couple of weeks, we've talked a little about beauty, and one of our listeners asked if there was poetry out there that was considered unlovely or not considered what we would call, quote-unquote, beautiful. I thought this was a great question because, yes, throughout history, there have been disagreements about what is beautiful which people frequently equate with also, quote-unquote, good. Now think about this. There was a time when Shakespeare himself was considered just one among many, not a standout, nothing special. In fact, his plays were considered overly melodramatic, and it was centuries before he was considered the poetic giant we know him to be. As a visual artist, I'm familiar with the various movements and periods in art history and also what was considered, and here's that word again, good, at any given time. Now, as a writer and reluctant poet, I've committed myself to learning more about poetry and its individual presence. And just like any other art form, it has its overt influences and distinct movements through the course of time. Sometimes these movements or groups are identified by the participants as a way to establish their aesthetic. Often they were labeled by literary critics and focused on a signifying attribute of the group. Just to list a few, they're cyclic poets, romantics, symbolists, modernists, and this one is more of an umbrella term for multiple movements. Imagists, objectivists, beat poets, language poets, and the list can continue. One thing they all have in common is that each movement is built on the ones that have gone before them. Often they are reactions to and disruptions or challenges to previously established paradigms. And as frequently happens, until they're understood, they're considered countercultural and in many cases considered unlovely. Poets like Charles Baudelaire, and I recognize his name as influential with predominant visual arts philosophies of his times, which is going to be the mid-1800s, and whose works were deemed, among other things, obscene. Other more familiar names like Ezra Pound, T.S. Eliot, E.E. E. Cummings, William Carlos Williams, to name a very, very short list, were in their time not necessarily mainstream, but are now stanchions of the poetic structure. So as I mentioned in last week's episode, critic Roger Fry's argument that new art would be seen as ugly until it was seen as beautiful rings true even before he penned the idea and continues to do so moving forward. This week... I'm going to read Charles Baudelaire's Invitation to the Voyage. Invitation to the Voyage Child, sister, think how sweet to go out there and live together, to love at leisure, 
Love and die in that land that resembles you. For me, damp suns and disturbed skies share mysterious charms with your treacherous eyes as they shine through tears. There, there's only order, beauty, abundant, calm, voluptuous. Gleaming furniture, polished by years passing, would ornament our bedroom, rarest flowers, their odors vaguely mixed with amber, rich ceilings, deep mirrors, and oriental splendor. Everything there would address our souls privately in their sweet native tongue. There, there's only order, beauty, abundant, calm, voluptuous. See on these canals those sleeping boats whose mood is vagabond. It's to satisfy your least desire that they come from the world's end. Setting suns, reclothed fields, the canals, the whole town in hyacinth and gold, the world falling asleep in a warm light. There, there's only order, beauty, abundant, calm, voluptuous. Invitation to the Voyage Child, sister, think how sweet to go out there and live together, to love at leisure, love and die in that land that resembles you. For me, damp suns and disturbed skies share mysterious charms with your treacherous eyes as they shine through tears. There, there's only order, beauty, abundant, calm, voluptuous. Gleaming furniture, polished by years passing, would ornament our bedroom, rarest flowers, their odors vaguely mixed with amber, rich ceilings, deep mirrors, and oriental splendor. Everything there would address our souls privately in their sweet native tongue. There, there's only order, beauty, abundant, calm, voluptuous. See on these canals those sleeping boats whose mood is vagabond. It's to satisfy your least desire that they come from the world's end. Setting suns, reclothed fields, the canals, the whole town in hyacinth and gold, the world falling asleep in a warm light. There, there's only order, beauty, abundant, calm, voluptuous. That's it for this week's episode of Poet Kind Podcast. Thank you for joining us. It's hard to keep things short when the topics are so huge, but hopefully we've given you a taste and have inspired you to do a little research of your own. Explore new poetry or old poetry that's new to you. Also, a little light housekeeping here, Poet Kind uses poetry found in the public domain, or we use original works with permissions granted by their author. As always, we continue to accept submissions for opportunities such as feature segments, poet talk, and book reviews. Drop us a note via email at poetkindpodcast at gmail.com and we'll send you our easy peasy submission guidelines. We're also interested in what you are interested in. Want to recommend a poet or book or writer or theme? We are all in. Just share your ideas. Connect with us on social media at Instagram and Twitter at poetkindpodcast, all one word. And lastly, did you know that Poet Kind is listener supported? We're just getting started and you can help us grow with your monthly subscription support. Our supporters receive behind the scenes newsletters, access to giveaways, unpublished material, and are in the know about what's ahead for Poet Kind. You can visit anchor.fm backslash poetkindpodcast and click on the support button. You can also show us some love by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform and leaving us a review. Those reviews are important to us. Thanks again, and as always, have a great week. And until next time, 
Read great poetry and write great poetry.